We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you finish Did you that? that? We're, about one half, we're about halfway there. We're just saying that he's off to a nice start. Why does it have to be all or nothing all the time? Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show. Field of 68 till I die. This is the Field of 68 After Dark Show, the only place that you need to be for college hoops every single night. Field of 68 After Dark on this Wednesday, November the 9th. 2022 john fanta hosting on this wednesday evening with the coach laval jordan one of the newest members of our team this season the former butler head coach he's got that michigan gymnastics shirt on tonight with uh, coach beeline as well and joining us as well as scoop jardine the former syracuse guard the all big east selection my guys are here with us tonight and gentlemen on the show we will break down first impressions this evening. Who's impressing us the most? What stands out? Who stands out? Plus, Scoop's going to give us some of his favorite guards to watch in college basketball. We'll talk about the star of the night. That comes from the Davidson Wildcats. Foster, lawyer, Michigan State transfer, had a huge evening. But we begin here tonight with the start of the Kenny Payne era. And the start of the Kenny Payne era, folks, is... Potentially not very good because Bellarmine <laughs> leads 67-57. Bellarmine, who is led by a guy that's all too familiar with Louisville basketball and Scott Davenport. Scott Davenport, a, a graduate assistant under Denny Crum back in the 80s at Louisville, then working under Coach Patino at Louisville. And here, Bellarmine is on the cusp of taking down Louisville in Kenny Payne's debut. So Lavelle Jordan... Let's begin with this. You see this game. What comes to your mind? Don't schedule Bellerman. <laughs> <laughs> not, 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 not early. Look, Scott's, I mean, he, he had a team that sh- should have been playing in the NCAA tournament last year. He's won a national championship division two. He's been there for years and, and, and he has a system in place and he's got a, a, a roster full of guys that know the system. So, and Kenny's new with new guys, right? New head coach with new guys. So I, I don't know if that was uh, something that was already on the schedule that you couldn't change, but that's a tough one early, right, to start when you're trying to figure your team out. And uh, they've already got a lot of things figured out there at, at Bellarmine. So, you know, that's a hard one. Because <laughs> he'll, you know, people will penalize, like, there's nothing against Penny. You know, Scott Dav- Davenport's a really good coach, like, really good coach. And, uh, you know, he's, he's well-documented as, as such. And their transition to Division One wasn't much of a transition. I mean, they did really well last year. And uh, so with Kenny jumping in in the, in the seat, it's like, man, and you I always say, John, you make, you make your grades at registration. Right. <laughs> you make your grades at registration. <laughs> registration you, right. Lavelle, you've got a Scott Davenport story, right? Yeah, so Scott, Scott and I, uh, we were flying from – this was two summers ago in July – um, you know, I met him a long time ago and we've stayed in touch and we were out in, uh, at the Under Armour or at the, no, at the Adidas event in Omaha. This is when they had it in Omaha and uh, we were flying, I was flying on the peach jam and, uh, he was trying to get down there. So he hopped in the plane with me and, and we rode in the plane together and, you know, had a good time talking ball. I, I got to get down there and watch his practice. Cause 
the other thing is you're trying to install a defensive system. So they're going to make more passes than dribbles. And they're going to get back cuts like all day long, you know, if you're guarding them um, for Kenny, who's installing his defense and trying to get it right. But yeah, Scott and I had a great time on a plane ride. And right after that, I got COVID. <laughs> so I couldn't go out the last week of recruiting. I had to call him and, and tell him, hey, just so you know, I just I just got COVID. And um, so just make sure you go get yourself checked out. Um, wow. But good guy, really good coach. And, and we'll see if they can pull this thing off tonight. Right now they're up 10. They're up ten. I mean, scoop. Like, let's let's yes. let's start with this. The state of Louisville basketball. When you were playing, and when you went up against Louisville, like, yeah. what was Louisville as a program? Powerhouse. That was the Rick Pitino era. Powerhouse. <clears throat> I remember my freshman year. They had their front line was Earl Clark, Derek Carrick, and Terrence Williams. This was a powerhouse team. <laughs> That's the NBA front line. Like. Uh, I only beat Louisville one time my whole four years. Show how good they were. You beat like them one here. time? One time. And what made them a powerhouse? I feel like Coach Patino did a, a great job of getting guys to come in and pr- play his brand of basketball more than anything. You know, they have a great, you know, fan they have a great fan base, but I think Coach did a great job of getting them to play his brand of basketball. It's something similar. They played zone, but they was more pressing us back into his zone. Uh, he didn't wear his white suit, all-white crowd. And at Freedom Hall, actually, they beat us the last game to close down Freedom Hall. We was the number one team in the country that year, and they upset us. Like, that team was not supposed to beat us, but they had a guy come off the bench who we didn't even, like, plan for. At the time, his name was Kyle Heinrich. Came off the bench. We didn't have plan for him. He didn't even play no minutes throughout the game. And coach put him in. And it shows the greatness burdens of Rick Patino, where he put this guy in and he hit seven threes on us. And he upset us. No, hey, Scoop, I I I know yeah. about the guy coming off the off the bench. He was so good. He wound up being really, really good later. That's it. First game we were uh, I was at Michigan, we were in the national championship game. Trey Burke, Tim Hardaway. Right. Oh, I come I, I Luke right, Hancock right. comes off the bench. Same thing, right. <laughs> and, and, and we got a guy, Spike Albrecht, comes off the bench, but Luke Hancock comes off the bench and goes goes bananas. And uh, it starts making threes from all over the place. Didn't and, plan for it. Yeah, we game plan for him. We just didn't do a good job with him. But <laughs> yeah, this guy, now, we didn't game. But here's what comes to mind, guys. Like, and it's 67-61, just a little more than two minutes left. So you got a six-point game here. But Bellerman's right. on the cusp, folks, of beating Louisville. Field of 68 after dark. John Fanta, Laval, Jordan, Scoop Jardine with you tonight. In 2019-20, in 2019-20, that was not that long ago. That was not that long ago. Three, three years ago, the Louisville Cardinals were 24-7. and They were number one in the country at one point. They were 15 and five in the ACC. They were a top 15 team. They were on their way to the NCAA tournament. We know, uh, Coach. I, I I know about you. I mean, 2020 that that shifted so many programs, so many people, so many people. Yeah. But it shifted Louisville, and yeah, yeah. and what ended up ensuing was where we're at now. And the the fact is, Louisville basketball should never be losing to Bellarmine. It shouldn't happen. It can't happen. And the state of this program, the state of this program at this moment is nothing short of an embarrassment. And it's not because of one reason or one person. There's a variety of things that have gone on. And in the last five years, Chris Mack is is part of the reason. He's the biggest reason for the success of the program. It's getting them to number one in the country. But it doesn't, it goes without saying, like, 2019-20, the Cardinals were one of college basketball's top teams, Laval. That that 2020, the March of 2020, what that did to certain programs, hey, like Louisville's me. as big a case as trust any. Trust me, I know. I, I know <laughs> you do. Tell, we were top tell five me about it. in the country at one point, so I understand. Anthony Grant would probably love to have made a run with Obi Toppin, um, but it was oh, you know yeah. everybody dealt with COVID, right? But but John, you know you look at. Um, it happens, right? And and, and pe- fans hate for it to happen uh, to their program, especially. But when you look at UCLA, right, 
which is one of the most storied programs that took a dip. You look at Indiana. Um, now you got Coach Woodson back there and try, you know, it, it, it happened. Um, you look at other programs in the country, even even North Carolina, you know, back to when Matt Doherty was there and there was, you know, Coach, uh, when Coach retired, Coach Smith retired and there was a little bit of a lull. So it's not an abnormal thing. You know, it's, you know, we'll, we'll see like when a Coach K retires from Duke, typically, especially when there's sanctions, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, I don't know, unsure, uncertainty. Um, you know, Indiana had the sanctions and had the, the the NCAA violations. And then, you know, recruits and parents get a little leery. And, you know, Louisville had the same thing going on. And so that with coaching turnover, um, you know, it happens. I'm a Michigan football fan, right? It happens. <laughs> Michigan, not, they're finally getting up. By the way, this is – so today's signing day. My daughter's going to Michigan next year as a gym. Oh, congratulations. Congratulations. Oh. Let's go. My my yeah, my most impressive thing was day the day was my daughter Ava uh, signing day stuff to go to Michigan for gymnastics. That's what I'm talking about. Congratulations, Ava. It's a great yeah. one right there for the family. Uh, no questions. Good. We're excited about it. That's what I'm <laughs> right, talking right. about. That's what I'm talking about. But but it just goes back. Like you're you're also setting yourself up for potential failure. Going up against a guy that Think about Kentucky, it, John. I mean, when Billy Clyde came in, I mean, you know, you, you hate to say, but it happens, right? It's like Kentucky should always be Kentucky and everybody wants it, but there was a period. It wasn't very long, you know, but there was a period there where Jody Meeks era. Yeah, where there was a period where you would have probably been saying the same thing about Kentucky. It can't happen. I mean, it, it's just, I'm sorry, it can't, it can't. But but I guess the, the the question is like, can Kenny Payne get it, get this program going? Is he what's what's the challenge here for Payne? I think so. It's it's you know when it when it because look, Chris came in and and had him back at number one in the country. You know, like like you were saying, you know, tournament hit. Obviously, Kenny's got the recruiting prowess. Um, yeah. You know, He's he's been around the game for as long as anybody in terms of coaching. He'll he'll find his way as a head coach. It'll be as much as anything, you know, with this group this year because um, and these guys won't be, you know, these guys might not be where they want to right now. But growing this group this year to set set his culture the way that he wants to play mm -hmm. and, and the brand that he wants to build there. And then just recruiting on top of it, right? His guys, you know, coming in, getting a, a solid group to build on, coming in next year. And now you've got, you know, the portal and things like that, so you can get a little bit older a little bit sooner. And so it's not it's not as far off as it might look. Uh, you know, look, Bellerman's a well-oiled machine, connected group. Um, Louisville's trying to figure it out. And so, you know, thus you got you get a game like this. Um, I was going to touch on that, Coach. That's the beauty of college basketball right now. Like, you can have a team, like, that's very old. You know, they're much older, they're much more experienced. And, you know, they just they just know what to do right now. It's early. So, I won't I won't press too much with Louisville. Like, what Coach was saying, I think I think Coach Payne going to turn it around. He have a great staff. He, like you say, been around it. He understands. He knows the – he's been around it for a while, so – I'm not going to press the buttons just yet. But they should pull this out. <laughs> it, you got you're, – you're in a situation now where it's over a minute left. You got a four-point game. Laval, you got it up. What They should pull it out. What do you think well, – well, Bellarmine right now is is in a position to to win this game up by four. I mean, Laval, what are you seeing in this game yeah. here as we reach the and final this minute? This has been this, this season. Um, you know, Bellarmine's hanging on now. And here's one of the things that, that that I've seen in some of the other games. When I was watching Creighton St. Thomas or Georgetown Coppin State, you know, some of these early games, um, even Fair or was a Fairfield, yeah, Fairfield Providence. You know, Bellerman knows who they're going to down the stretch here. Minute twelve to go, like Scott's got returners. He knows where to, you know, what he wants to do and where he wants to go. And so do the guys on the team. Louisville. You know, Coach Payne's trying to figure it out. And so um, these moments here down the stretch, you get to learn a lot about your team, right? And and Coach is learning his guys, whereas Scott 
has a, a sure idea of you know, who, who, who do I want to go to down the stretch here? Um, you know, what we need to do offensively, defensively is, is if they're subbing in offense, defense lineups, right. To be able to get a stop Louisville's got the ball right here. And so Bellarmine needs a stop. So coach knows his rotations. Uh, whereas, you know, coach Payne doesn't know that yet. He's going to challenge some guys to see if they can deliver. Um, and they'll hit, you know, that big shot there. Uh-oh. Mike James. Mike James with a three. Mike James, big shot. So now you get in this last minute. It's like, you know, your your athleticism taking over. We got a turnover. Yes, we do. I'm on play-by-play. Look at this. And um, a foul. And a chance for the Cardinals here I told to take you. the lead. I told you, John. They're going to pull it out. Well, Scoop, you Scoop Jardine pulled out a crystal ball, 67-63, and had Louisville pulling this out. It yeah. always happens. They'll Scoop give it up. Don't, don't That's sleep. why they're Wow. Now, now people on Twitter are saying, I'm not I, I I laugh at this because people are saying you shouldn't, you're not giving Bellarmine respect. Folks, Bellarmine's a good program. A good right. program. Louisville shouldn't be playing them at this stage of the game. They shouldn't be playing sure. them in a game like this. It's too early. Right? Is it too early, Lavelle? You got to play somebody. You just if, Like I said, you make your grades <laughs> at registration. So <laughs> you, you, can, you register for Bellarmine, you better – you know that they, they got the potential to come in and beat you. They're, look, and now – Missed like, free throw. We got a foul here. So, you know, a team like Bellarmine, they're going to make free throws down the stretch. They're probably going to get the shot they want, whether they make it or miss it. Um so for Coach Payne, it's not, you know, I wouldn't overreact to it. It's just, it's 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 more, it gives you feedback on your group. And now coming out of here, being able to keep them encouraged, it, should they should they not pull this thing off? You know, keeping your group encouraged, keeping keeping your fans um, in, a, in, a, in a position to understand, you know, what this really is. It's a long season, uh, you know, let's be honest. And so, but it's great for, for his guys and great for coach to be in a, you know, some of these, some of these are great opportunities just to be in a situation. You practice them in practice, you go through everything that you want to do and execute, uh, but there's, you can't replicate, right. Being in this moment in the game. So you got 39.7 seconds left. They're going crazy at the Yump center. You think it's a mid January game. They miss the front end, but they get the offensive rebound. Bellerman's got it with 35 seconds to go up by Here's one, thing, 67, 66, a drive in oh, the sorry. bucket, a rejection, and it's going back to the Cardinals with 27 seconds left in a one-point game. Where are you going here if you're Louisville down one? That, that, that's what they're trying to figure out, Jack. Inside, inside. So, you know, Mike James just hit the three. Um, you know, so now we got to figure out who – you know, who we want to go to. Noah Lockett in there anymore, right? That, that would have been somebody we might go to uh, down the stretch. I think you use your size and win. Well, it, I think you're right, Scoop. You go to the rim, you get a foul called, you, you've got an opportunity to make something happen. That's just it. Like, with this Louisville team, as I watched tonight, one of the things that, that was strange about their offseason was they really didn't go after – guards in the transfer portal they, they 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 didn't really do much to upgrade their roster and i think in this game we've seen like they just had this is where when you don't go after somebody that can be that alpha you're trying to figure it out at this stage of the game and that's just it laval like with where a lot of these rosters are at this stage of the season these coaches are they're trying to figure out their teams and guess what they're also they got to now win a game yeah, it's it's and it's gonna be. It, it was always that way, John. You have you know freshmen coming in, typically you know your transfers sitting out. Um, you lose some seniors, you know that was the norm. But now with the immediate play out of the portal, yeah, I've talked to a ton of coaches, and and most of them, you know, would say, Coach, we got seven, eight new guys. Uh, you know, we're trying to get get this figured out. Like, so if you got seven, eight new players, and that and that may be the norm because you don't know who's going to leave at the end of this year. Um, but you're just trying to find your chemistry, find your rhythm, find your rotation. So there's, there's a lot of things going on there that, that, that it, 
you don't have a continuity established. All right, take me through here, Laval. Take take us through what you're thinking here. Down one. Well, Louisville wants to get a shot on the you gotta get a shot on the rim to have a chance at a second. And I and not not I'm exactly not, the way you want it to go. Louisville's gonna have it, folks. Nine point uh, eight seconds and left. See, this is you know, like it looked like coming out of the timeout coach has something drawn up, but somebody zigged when they should zag. And now you need right. a player to make a good decision, make a play. They got plenty of time, plenty of time left. Nine point eight on the clock. You send everybody to the glass. You know, you tell you tell your team out of the timeout. Hey, everybody's going to the glass. We don't have to worry about getting back in transition. And if you're Bellerman, you're you're you know, I'm sure Scott told his team in the timeout. Hey, it's not the first shot that beats you. Right? It's just it's the second shot. And so, making sure that they get a body on a body and get. Get Louisville off the backboards when the shot goes up. Louisville, you just you, you want to make sure you get a shot on the rim, <laughs> right? The word, yeah, uh, that's, that's stepped out of bounds and turned it over. So, you know, at minimum, get a shot on the rim so that you can go for you can have an opportunity to go rebound the ball. When you've got a baseline out of bounds here, nine point eight to go, you have more than enough time. Louisville down one, folks, to Bellarmine. If you're just joining us, feel the 68 after dark. John Fanta, Laval Jordan, Scoop Jardine with you were presented, as we always are, by Bet Rivers. 9.8 seconds left. Louisville has it for a baseline out of bounds. Down one to the Bellarmine Knights. Bellarmine trying to take down the Cardinals in Kenny Payne's debut. Laval Jordan, what are you thinking on a baseline set here with 9.8? Plenty of time. Well, yeah, most important thing, John, is to get the ball inbounds safely <laughs> so right, 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 some guys right. like to run don't don't get too cute get it in they got a good shot good look on the rim and there it is right offensive rebound second and, and a, oh my the ball flipped to the other end of the court and with less than a second left the the bellerman player flipped oh, the yeah. ball yeah. all the way down Mark to the played. other end of the court Sh- to take five seconds off it. the clock you wow. throw it sky high, but throw it to the other end. It's How smart you, of a play was that? Yeah, it's something smart, that you tell you tell your guys, hey, if there's a, a a low clock, right, throw it up in the air toward our basket. My coach never wanted us to do that one. <laughs> hated that. Mayhem hated that. <laughs> hated that. <laughs> and at worst, hated now, that. 0.5 with a full court. You, you, if you throw it a little higher, it, you know, clock runs out, game's over. Right. Right. Justin Betts, Justin Betts, a grad student. Smart, just, see? Just made one hell of a smart play. Either that or he just didn't want to shoot free throws if he got fouled. <laughs> <laughs> right. It might have been a play that Jim Beheim hates, but it's a play uh, that Scott Davenport loves. No, it's right a now. smart play. It's a smart play if you can pull it off, like Coach said, throw it in the air. It's a. It's a but I didn't see that happen, and a guy, a guy did it, and and it didn't go far. And you remember the NBA when? Yeah. Who that? Mo Pete. Mo Pete wound up taking the ball and making a shot at that mark. That's Michigan it. State. The Bellarmine yeah, Knights have taken down Louisville in Kenny Payne's debut, sixty-seven to sixty-six. Scott Davenport, the former grad assistant back in the day under Denny Crum. Worked for Rick Pitino tonight at Louisville. Scotty Davenport has his first win over a Power 5 program since the Knights joined Division 1. What a moment for Bellarmine and the Louisville Cardinals fall in Kenny Payne's debut. And and guys, Scoop, yeah. you, know, you know those Louisville Cardinal fans. They're going to be a long it's gonna night. Be brutal. It's going to be brutal. Very loyal Good fans. Night. I'm telling you, there's nothing. We opened with, uh, we played Lincoln Memorial. Again, now coach from Lincoln Memorial, he's now now at Indiana State. Really good coach. They have been the final four after final four. They had one of uh, Butler's former players, Sean Van Zandt, was on their staff, so we are bringing Sean back to to Hinkle Fieldhouse. (laughs) But – it's a game. Like we're sitting there playing Division Two Lincoln Memorial, and it's a game. And and it's my, you know, I'm opening and and I'm thinking, 
why did we schedule Lincoln Memorial? <laughs> like, <laughs> Bad one. They, they're, they're good. They got a bunch of 24-year-old guys that have transferred from, you know, from wherever. And they, they just came off a final four run last year at Division Two. Like, you know, if it, it wasn't for Sean, uh, Van Zandt, former player, you know, there's there's absolutely no reason to be playing those guys. They're too, they're too good. Man. Uh, <laughs> Trap so, game. Man. All right, let's move on here on Field of 68 After Dark. Keep it moving here. First impressions, guys. First impressions. Who's standing out to you? What's standing out to you of the teams that have won? Tell you what, little nugget. Big 10 and Big East are the only two power conferences that are unbeaten at this stage. So in terms of first impressions, wherever you want to go, Laval, start with you. Where's a team? Who's a team that's it's standing out to you here in first nights of the season. Yes, as far as Big Ten and Big East, I watched a lot of Big East games. I'm, I'm calling the Marquette Central Michigan game tomorrow night. Um, and I thought Villanova, just with not having Justin Moore available, Cam Whitmore out with the injury, um, you know, Caleb Daniels was everything he needed to be. I know last time we were on here, Scoop was talking about Caleb and, um, you know, coming out of the gates, 24 points, six for seven from three, 10 boards and four assists, you know, one turnover for, and he's not a point guard, but to just uh, take control, you know, knowing that Justin's not available yet. And uh, there's some new guys, Mark Armstrong, you know, freshman. Um, he had to, and LaSalle, look, it was a, it was a game, you know, they got up, LaSalle cut it. I mean, it was, it was an, yeah. a, it was a game. That's a, that's a Philly game right there. That's a. And yeah, yeah, in city, yeah. a big game. Right? That's a huge one, and uh, and you know LaSalle played, but I thought I was just really impressed with with his performance, and uh, with Villanova, I thought Brandon Slater watching that game, he his motor, he was all over the place, and so, and Eric Dixon hit a couple threes. You just, you know, they, they were Villanova, right? Just like they, <laughs> it didn't look yeah. any different. And Kyle got a, got his first win under his belt. But, uh, you know, they, they looked like Villanova. I was going to touch on that, Coach. That was my – that was my – Caleb Daniels was a guy I was looking at. And I, he, he answered all my questions. 24, like you said, 10 boards. And he really played big. He hit every big shot in that game that was needed. And uh, – but I'm going to go to Kansas with Jalen Wilson. Okay. Jalen Wilson filled the stat sheet up. 19, 11 rebounds, seven seven assists. I feel like if he can play like that as a as a returning player, older you know older player, he really brought he filled the stat sheet up. He showed that he was a leader. I think that's that's a good. Jalen Wilson showed me a good start off for the start of the season as a head coach. I would love to have my one of my older guys come back and be ready right off the bat. I tell you, you what, know, he got some help from the freshman. Didn't he? Twenty four. I saw that too. Yeah, I saw it. He's good. He's yeah. good. Six eight, quick release. I think he had twenty three points, four for twenty three. Yeah, three, like three. Yeah, and um, but you know, I didn't see him a ton. I saw a glimpse of him on the circuit, but Grady Dick is, uh, you know, he's not afraid, and he's got a little, he's got a little stuff to him too. He's got an attitude, right? So he plays. Right. You know, you can tell he plays like he's got a little Midwest toughness. He's from Wichita, but man, he was a good he kid. Like he really can play. Yeah, he was really impressive. He can, and and. To, the fact is, is that Jalen Wilson has to be the guy that the, the guy he's got to be that guy. He's got to take the keys from Ochai Baji and, and really charge Kansas. What I look at with this Kansas team is the versatility for their group mm-hmm. really makes their ceiling fascinating because I think that there's a level of unknown with what they actually end up being, but I don't think that's a bad thing. I wonder about the center position in yeah. the Big 12, which is difficult. But they really do have some interesting options because, guys, it's not just Wilson. It's not just Grady Dick. They've got the point guard and Dewan Harris. But the fact that they brought in Kevin McCullough, an intra-conference transfer yeah. who's tough and versatile, he really defends, that was a quality, quality addition in the portal in the offseason. Yeah, yeah, a yeah, good pickup. And, look, they'll, they'll look a little different than a traditional Bill Self team on the yeah, inside. You're right. Right. Um, they'll play – they'll be a little smaller – than what he, you know, than what you normally see with a Kansas team. Normally they've got, you know, Bouquet or somebody in there that's a monster. Um, but you know, they, the versatility that they have is it'll be a unique version, you know, of, of one of Coach Self's teams. 
man, I'm, I'm fascinated to see what happens when Kansas goes up against Duke, Michigan State going up against Kentucky in the Champions Classic next week. It's going to be plenty of fun, and we are going to be live. That's right. Feel the 68 is heading on the road to Indianapolis, folks. We want you to come visit us. Come see us at the tap. At the tap, just a few blocks away from Gamebridge Fieldhouse. We will be live from 2 to 6 Eastern time ahead of the Champions Classic. Come on over to the tap. If you beat Rob Dowster in, I don't know, a keg stand, a shotgun. If you if you beat him shotgun to beer, we'll give you some free merch. Done. <laughs> right? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Would you beat Doster? I will beat him. For the free merch, for sure. Did you party in Syracuse? Number one party school when I was there. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I don't know. It was number one party school, though, when I was there. <laughs> hey, you got to stay warm somehow. You got to stay warm somehow, right? I mean, come on. Let's number say, one. Let's transition. One. Let's they transition. Can, I'll, I'll say this, John, in terms of impressed also – you know, there was a, a couple other, like, Kassan Wallace, Kentucky, you know, yep. I saw him well, quite yes. a bit. Um, I mean, and he, he had a maturity about his game, you know, when you watch him on the high school level and on the circuit and coming out of the gates 15, 8, and 9 uh, for a freshman, you know, playing playing mm -hmm. point guard. And, and I think they've got, you know, I always would say, you know, the good teams, the you know, the better teams that I've coached, you got a few guys. You got three, you know, a couple guys that can hit 53. At least two, right? If you got three or four, you're you're in business. And with Frederick, um, you know, his ability to shoot the ball, which is, um, you know, something that's, that's going to really help. Um, you know, Wallace, I think he hit one three. Uh, but yep. he's, he's an overall floor game. You know, so he, he was impressive. And then I look at, uh, you know, two of the big 10 teams, well, one, Illinois, where I thought yeah. I wouldn't watch Illinois practice, you know, in the, in back in uh, early October, September. And, and Sh Terrence Shannon, so I, I probably went around, you know, during this time to maybe 20, 20 practices, different teams. And Terrence yeah. Shannon was as explosive and dynamic as any athlete I, I, I saw, wow. you know, during that, those couple of weeks. And I said to my, I said to the, talk to Brad about him and said to their staff, like, he should live at the foul line and, and he shot 15 free throws in their opener <laughs> because like he's, you know, him with a rebound busting out on the break. Like, you, you know, you, you've got to make some decisions um, on what you're going to do there. And, and his teammate uh, didn't, I didn't get to see Coleman Hopkins practice. Uh, yeah. He practiced that day, but he, he was coming off an, uh, something, an injury or something, but, Five eight from three for their big that you know they're playing five out. Brad's playing he's playing a whole lot different than when he had Kofi in the middle. So they got five out going on. They got the two freshman guards. They got Terrence Shannon. So there's a lot more space with the way they're going to play this year, uh, which will allow Shannon to get downhill, which will allow freshman guards, you know, to have maybe a little more success. Um, you know, that they were impressive just for an opener. Terrence Shannon, for those who don't know, that kid gets up at 5 a.m. 5 a.m. every morning. He is in the gym getting shots up. Brad Underwood thought he was insane when he first came to Champaign. 
But then he realized this is just who he is. That's just who Terrence Shannon is. And I think from from the outside looking in, guys, people say life after Kofi, how did they do it? How did they do it? How did they do it? You got to do it differently, but by being different and more versatile and and perhaps being able to throw in more matchup wrinkles, not not anything against Kofi Coburn, could that make Illinois more dangerous as the season goes on? I believe so. Yeah, you know, their freshman guards are going to – they're only going to continue to get better, right? Sky Clark and, um, you know, Jay Nets was – he had a great day the day I was there. Now, he didn't play great coming out of the gate, but – those guys are young, but a guy like Shannon allows them to not have so much pressure on him, right? Because he can handle the ball and make some decisions. He can lead a fast break. And I think their ability to switch defensively, like when when you throw in uh, Ty Rogers, who's just kind of going to be a, a glue guy, do a little bit of everything with Shannon and Mayer and Coleman Hawkins, Right. You, you can switch five ways with that group. Right. You can play a little bit bigger with Dana Danger, the, the big kid that transferred from Baylor. Um, but you're not in this drop coverage all the time with Kofi and where where guards can kind of figure it out. Right. In, in the league. Now, in the Big Ten, you know, it helps when you have Kofi because you got bang with Hunter Dickinson and Zach Eady and all these, you know, behemoths uh, at the center position. But Coleman Hawkins is going to pull those guys out on the floor. I mean, hit. You know, Hunter Dickinson has to come out on the floor and guard him, and, and so does Zach Eady, or they're going to have to adjust with that. I mean, hit five threes from, from that spot. And so it it changes the way they play versus the league. Hmm. Yeah, put, putting up with Zach Eady. Tom Izzo said it at Big Ten Media Day. He didn't think God could stop him. Whoa. Wow, that's a great compliment. <laughs> from, from Izzo? From Izzo. Wow. From That's his a own. hell of a compliment right there. Well, look, the, the guy's at seven foot four. I mean, you look at him on a on a scout, and there's yeah, I don't know what they're drinking there. I don't know what Matt Painter is is doing, but the guy he's got just got the market corner. Oh, by, the, corner. by the way, he reminds me of Isaac uh, Haas, AJ Hammond. Steven Adams. He's Steven Adams and reincarnated again. Yeah, he's got That's the market the corner. If you're right. if you're seven foot two and above, you go to Purdue. You would have Purdue. I love Matt, by the way. He coached me at USC. I mean, you, uh, USA I basketball. Uh, yeah, USA basketball was my coach. Great guy. Great, hey, great guy. coach. Has done he's a he's great coach. Uh, Fletcher, you were talking about Fletcher lawyer, or Foster lawyer, who had a great night tonight. Great night. His, his brother, the freshman, Fletcher, had a, he had a good opening night. Uh, right, 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 right. At, uh, at Purdue. I think he had 17 and uh, he got off a number of threes, but he had a good night, five or twelve from three. And he, that you know, they need that, right? They lost, obviously losing Sasha uh, Stevanovic. They they they'll need that. Right? They need some production on the perimeter to keep the paint open for Zach for Big Zach Eady. That is our field of sixty-eight after dark star of the night. Fall- he looked like Yao Ming. I went to that practice school. He looked right. like Yao Ming. No, no. You hit it right on the nose. That's like exactly what really he looked like. He runs like That was the only person everything. I could think of was Yao Ming. He runs like him and everything. With Zach Eady. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. We got a, a Zach Eady Yao Ming comp on night three. Of I'm not season. saying he's that, but it was like. No, no, but that's perfect. They run just alike. <laughs> For sure. Hey, you said it, Laval. That's our field of 68 star of the night. Foster Lawyer went for 38 points. 11 rebounds and nine assists for Matt McKillop and Davidson as Wildcats beat Wright State 102 to 97 in double OT. Great points. What a game. Yeah. What a game. I mean, that 38, 11, and nine for Foster Lawyer. He is our Field of 68 After Dark star of the night. So let's let's transition here, guys. You think about the. their dad, Brad, like they come from basketball, all ball. Dad, Brad, Brad coached at Cincinnati. He's, he works with the Clippers. And so the, right, those right, two players. It's you know, a basketball family. And then, and, 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 uh, Foster played for Dan Fife, Dane Fife and Dugan Fife's father at Clarkson High School over in Michigan. So, you know, we recruited Foster, you know, uh, Back when we were in Michigan, they obviously went to Michigan State first, but they just know how to play. Like they just know how to play. 
and uh, tough kids that just know how to play basketball, always been coached, you know. They'll be coaching one day, both of them. By the end of it, they'll be coaches. Uh, great. Moving to where we're at here, guys. Opening week, you got tons and tons of games. We've hit on this topic on Field 68 after dark. Here's the deal. We're in night three of the season, and frankly, the interest that you would like to generate right. in opening week, the casual fan, they're not into it. Because there's just not enough buzzworthy matchups these first couple of nights of the season. There's just not. We love it. We love college basketball, but we got to call like it is. And by the same token, there just hasn't been enough juice here the first couple of nights of the year. Now, granted, Champions Classic would normally be uh, last night, but due to Election Day, it gets pushed back a week. It'll be on, on Tuesday. As we said, we'll be there at the tap in Indianapolis. But the fact is this opening week slate has been underwhelming, and that would probably be an understatement. So what do you guys make of opening week? And if you try to make an alteration or a change or something, there's been millions of suggestions put out there, what would you do? That's a good question, John. That's a hell of a question. So here's where I sit from, from answering that question, and I don't know if I have an answer for it because, again, I'm going to have a coach's lens on this and, and the, the portal now plays a huge factor because I mean, you got seven, six, seven, eight new guys. If you, if you've done that, so you're trying to figure out your team. Um, and, and that's hard because and and then you might have injuries. Like if you're, you might have injuries, you're worried about health and things like that. So now, then you're battling Monday night football, Thursday night football. Right, right, you know, right. From a TV standpoint, if you're trying to get – but coaches don't worry about that stuff. We just worry about trying to find our rotations and trying to get your team together, trying to maybe get your some guys that didn't play or produce as much. You know, you're trying to let things let things reveal themselves to you. Um, obviously, the level picking up, you'll learn a lot real quick, and, and you can't overreact to any of it. So – I don't, I don't know if I have a solution. I would say, you know, if you had one marquee game that everybody was tuning in to watch, if, if uh, you know, that would probably be enough. But, you know, to, to jump into league play or conference play right out of the gates, you know, I don't know if that will go over well at the coaches meet, conference coaches meetings. <laughs> what about the marathon? Like, Columbia I know marathon. it's sticky. I know it's sticky. I get that. I get that, but it did give programs a national TV exposure. You know, like when when your St. Peter's one year hosted a game at two a.m. Uh, you know, your San Diego, your St. Mary's, even on a on a higher level on the West Coast, right? A, a West Coast programs able to host a game that tips off at four a.m. or 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 whatever it might be. Like that to me was so welcoming to the, even the casual fan, people thought it was cool that college basketball was going to be on for 24 hours straight. You had insane people go the whole length of the marathon. It welcomed the sport back. It was different. It was fresh. My point, bring back the marathon. Like, Scoop, I agree, why not? John. I, I agree to the fullest. You just put it into perspective. Like, you have college fans who, if you put the marathon, they would stay up all night. I'm on the West Coast, by the way. So, you have... A 1 a.m. game, East Coast. Like, well, I can turn it on. I don't have to watch ESPN. I can watch the college, a real-life game. Come on. That's that's more. Bring back the marathon, please. Do you, do you get fans that you don't already get? Like, you're going to get the diehards. I, I feel like. Marathon. Are you are you pulling in? I feel like for a guy marathon? like, for, for a fan like myself, for example, right now I'm retired. You're a basketball thing. guy, I, though. I mean, so I would love to turn it on at one day when I can watch a game. But you're gonna watch anything you instead just of going on YouTube. You're gonna watch anything that comes. Yeah, on, but right? like, like Josh, I'm like, saying, you're right. You're right. I'm it's a it's a good right. welcome back. But does it does it attract? So the marathon again from a coach's lens, like this, you get, we gotta have this odd game prep for a two a.m. morning game, and nobody. Yeah, but what if that is normally watching? <laughs> All right, but what if you were that? I'm just saying. That's not true. What if you were the head coach at, at Milwaukee 
And I said to you at the Horizon League, I said to you in the Horizon League, Coach, we're going to put you on ESPN, okay? It's the only time that our league can get on ESPN, main ESPN in the regular season. Games at 2 a.m., so 1 a.m. Central time. Would you host the game? We're, we're, we're probably going to, right? <laughs> but who's gonna? But who's watching it? Who's gonna watch us play at two p.m. in the afternoon? You don't know what certain people are doing at one. <laughs> let me give you a, let me give you a story, coach, coach. My senior watches the Milwaukee coach, play at two. At, at what's that? If you suffer, o'clock? let's say you suffer from indigestion. <laughs> you know, you go you go to the bathroom middle of the night. College basketball's on. I'm now, I, I, I do think that that's a that's a good middle. Because a, the big, big matchups are hard to play. That's true. People work from so home. Marathon. People work from home. What about wait, wait, I was about hold to say on. That. I was about you to know say what? That. How about so get up? Get up. They they take get up off the air. So Dick from Kansas City, who's a huge, huge Chiefs fan, he loves the freaking Chiefs. This guy eats, breathes, sleeps, Patrick Mahomes talk. So he turns get up on every morning with a coffee in hand and a newspaper. And his wife, Karen, heads over to the local bakery to get him a bagel. Well, Dick from Kansas City, I'm about to give you a matchup between South Dakota State and Florida Atlantic, and you're going to like it. He's going to watch it. I think he'll watch it. You know why? He's retired. He has nothing better to do. And he'll watch a live game. That's what I was going at, John. Live sports always wins. Live sports always wins. People work from home. Hell, people don't even work anymore. What do people do all day? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what they do all day. I mean, I could theorize. Put put the college basketball marathon on, and I'm telling you, I'm not saying it's doing a huge rating, but it's more momentum than what we got now because what we got now in terms of momentum is not much. It gives you an opener. It gives you something to look forward to, something unique, something different. Bring back the marathon. Put bring that on a T-shirt. Bring, bring back. back, bring back agree, the John. marathon. Bring it back. Bring it back, please. Which we want to tell you. Speaking of T-shirts, we're promoting the Champions Collection in the merch store here on After Dark. The Champions Collection, twenty percent off, folks, with the code Champions. Champions, there's a new Providence Luck shirt. You got to check that out. Uh, we've got this promo going on right now. 20% off with the code Champions. Check out the Champions Collection in the Field of 68 merch store. All right, we got about 15 minutes left. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Laval, I know, I know what you're thinking, but <laughs> my grandma wakes up every morning at 4 a.m. and prays the rosary. Right. If they brought back the marathon, I'd call grandma up and say, Grandma, Mary can wait two hours. Turn Your on the game. I'll not watching college well. basketball at three in the morning. <laughs> it's not What's how. that? Your grandmother's not watching bas- basketball at three in the morning. <laughs> She's probably not. Coach, Coach my grandma is. My grandma is watching college basketball. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Like She's watching it. She's that in tune. Especially if one of her boys is playing. She would watch you at 4 a.m. But I honestly think if you, you know, if you say like Gonzaga and Kentucky are coming up, right? Sure. Right. That's a different game. They open the season. Well, the Champions Classic would start the marathon some years. Like the Champions Classic doubleheader would kick off the marathon. marathon, Right, 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 right. But like it can't. Here's the other thing. Don't sit here and tell me, folks. Well, the Champions Classic will be back the first Tuesday of the season. Big deal. It impacts four, like four teams. The Champions Classic is great. But let's build momentum for all the teams across the country. Like, let's zone in on a, a St. Louis, you know, in the Atlantic 10. A Drake right. in the Missouri Valley. Let's, let's look around the country at some of those programs. North Texas. Give them a national TV exposure. Like, try to be different here. Because right now... It can't just be as simple as we'll watch those teams in March. Introduce them to the audience this first week of November. Yeah, you could, you could, you know, it, again, from, from the from the coach's side of it, we, you want fans, no question. Uh, but you're looking at 
your team and, and you know your team when you schedule games like you know if you got a veteran team that can go on the road and handle you know handle being yeah. on the road to start the season or if you got a young team that you need to you need to find a couple home games <laughs> to let those guys get some you know, get, get some rubber under their tires before uh, before we get challenged. And, and you're trying to, you know, you're trying to build it up because uh, there's a psychological impact <laughs> to, to to scheduling. So, but with the fan bases and, and all that, you know, something, I know they, they used to do bracket busters back in the day. And it's like, yeah, I remember that. Do it earlier to open the year, maybe, um, to get some people involved around the, around the Champions Classic. But I don't know, John, you, you know, convincing coaches to, to play those <laughs> when they got eight new guys out of the portal. I don't, I'm with you there, which is what brings up the next point. It brings up the next point. Like, Scoop, when you were at Syracuse, and this is not it, it's not meant to take, you know, I'm, not, I'm not, I hope you take this the right way, but like, Bayheim would play a lot of the, the locals. You'd rack up like Listen. what was your what did your non conference schedule look like? Bayhound don't leave the state of New York. <laughs> he don't leave. He basically bring everybody to him. <laughs> and if we go anywhere in New York, we're going to the garden. So he schedules a very uh, a schedule where we we control. I would say for twenty five years he did that. Everybody know that Bayham is one of the best schedulers in the league. And the country because he don't leave the state of New York. I told we, before we got on the show, I said one time we lost to Lemoyne. It was an exhibition game, but we only played them because they was in the same. Lemoyne is literally right down the street from us, but there was an exhibition game and we wound up losing to him, but he, losing to that team. And he made, he made sure he wanted to show us that we wasn't a good zone, a good team man to man. So we can basically buy into the zone. But he doesn't leave the state of New York. One of the best schedulers there is. Every time Bayham's going to start twenty and up, twenty one and up, twenty one and one. And you're and you're in an era. My four years, my four five, my four years. We started no lie. Like I was eighteen and zero. I was twenty one and zero. I was twenty two and zero because he he do he does a great job of scheduling, like you said, coach. Yeah, when when you look, I mean, you're gonna get. 31 guaranteed, guaranteed. And in the Big East, too, though. You were right about that. So, in the Big East, and now leagues are going to 20 conference games. So you're going to play, right. you're going to play 20 hard games. <laughs> right, right. Right. So, yeah, right. right, right. Challenging games. And if you're in an MTE, you're going to play two or three more. So you're sitting at 23. If you got a conference challenge, Big Ten ACC challenge, a Gavit game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have one of those. So you're at 24. Right, and if again, so you're already at twenty four, twenty five of like top tier opponents, right? Uh, so, and you got six, so you have six or seven games left to play. <laughs> that where you can, you know, try to figure out your, you know, Ooh, find your rotations, get enough minutes for guys early, you know, and see, um, see what you have because you might, you may have thought one thing, but. And not that those games are cakewalk. I mean, you're gonna play some. You're gonna play. We played Wofford one year, and it was like Wofford's. They're good. Like we gotta. It's not like we can beat play a C game and beat Wofford, or you know. So I, I think those challenges, and you, and different styles challenge you. But right, right that's right. a that's a coach thing, a basketball thing. Maybe not as much as a thing that's gonna attract fans. Like. We played Princeton one year. Well, that's on a back-to-back. So the things that we would try to do is we were going to play a back to a Saturday and a Sunday because we we're going to get to the conference tournament at some point down the stretch and have to play back-to-back-to-back. So you try right. to right, get right. a dose Same of it. It's all about reference points from our, you know, get a dose right. of it so you can refer back to it so that you can say, hey, we've done this before, right? So if it's a tight game, it's ended up being a tight game if you lose – Right then, you got something to reference and say, "Hey, we've done this before. We've been here before, so mm-hmm. let's not make that same mistake." Or, you know, we've executed. Let's you know take a deep breath and let's do what we did. And and that's what it gives. You, right, that's what all these opportunities give you. Whether you're playing Kentucky and and Gonzaga or or you're playing, you know, Coppin State doesn't matter. Scheduling. 
scheduling. Like, watching these teams play, here, here's the deal. Here's, here's the deal. So, of course, Oklahoma and Florida State, if we offered them a different contest, they would love to have it back. They would love to have that night back. Like, I get that coaches want to rack up wins. And there are plenty of coaches out there who want to get to 9-10 wins in their non-conference because they know, hey, if I get to 9 or 10 wins and I go around 5, if I go 500 in my conference and I have 10 non-conference wins and I got 20 wins, they're probably not going to leave me out. They're not leaving me out of the NCAA tournament. But, like, when you've got this much stuff to figure out, these, these coaches got a lot to figure out early in the season after the offseason that a lot of these programs are having, when you got seven, eight, nine new faces on your team, like, there's where I look at it and I say, playing a conference game in early in the season, like first or second week, I know coaches, they might freak out about it, but you, you they might did, think... They did it in football, right? They did that in they football. Did like, football. that, that might year. not kill you as badly as you think it is if that first game you got as much stuff as you got to figure out, that's my point. Just say yeah. it. it yeah, good point. Know, TV, the, it, something will get figured out. It's somebody's job. It's not mine. Somebody's job. Right, right, right. This out, Jeff. <laughs> well, what, what did you, Laval, but, when you made a non-conference schedule, what was your mindset? Share, share with the fan. Well, out I went from, so like we were at Milwaukee, we, we played, we only played 13 home games. And so that was miserable because it's like, and so when we set we set our schedule for the next year, we were trying to get 17, if we could, 16, 17, you know, if we could get 18 home games. So we put together our own MTE to host in Milwaukee so we could get, you know, three games at home, right, to add in because we had a couple home and homes, return games we had to have. Um, but it's the second, I mean, recruiting and scheduling are two of the, to the two of the most important things you do um, because obviously you got to have talent, but then you got to, you, you have to make sure you're playing the right teams on the right terms. Right. And at, at all times. And, and then, so if you got a young team and you're just going to go on the road, you're going to get beat down psychologically, you know, that that's hard, hard to recover, but we were really challenged. You know, it's different when you're, when you're in a high major conference and you get to buy, get to buy games and, and bring people to you. Right. And you know you're still going to have a shot to play 25, you know, quality on top of it. And now you get your group some experience and get a flow, right, to head into a lot of those matchups. Um, so, so the mentality's, you know, different depending on where you are. Um, you know, sometimes you got to bring in money, so you don't have a you don't have a choice. You're trying to upgrade your your program and use that for revenue. Um, so, you know, it just depends on where you are, and, and, but it's a huge, it's always a constant thought of you know, how you're going to schedule and, and a lot goes into it. It's not just, it's, it is winning and losing the game, but you know, obviously there's revenue generated, there's money involved. There's a lot, there's a lot of pieces to it. But scoop Jim Bayheim never would, you know, he never went to Ohio or Indiana. No, or we're, not, we're not leaving. The, we're not leaving the state of New York. We're the closest the furthest we're going is to Madison Square Garden, where you're going to generate a lot of money, have all our fans come, Here's and we will play in North Carolina. We'll play <laughs> Ohio State. But we, it's a home game for us. <laughs> right. You know, he's Here's a smart the thing, though. Would you, would you rather be excited <laughs> about opening day, or would you rather be excited in March about your team? Sure. Good question. Right? Just saying. Good question. <laughs> All right, let's hear this here as we start to wind down. Scoop Jardine, I ask you for your top right. five guards in college basketball. Right. Lay them on us tonight. Okay, so I'm going to start off one, any order, but my first is Marcus Sager from Houston. It's a, as we know, the most I feel like the most complete guard in college basketball. Really good. We played him a couple years ago, Scoop. Yeah, like he's like the most complete yeah, as I did my really complete. Uh, second, I'm gonna go with Nick Smith. He has the most potential from all the NBA scouts. A big guard, remind me of like a Jamal Crawford, 
like really, really good player. And I think he's going to be really good on the NBA level as a freshman, Nick Smith, number two. I'm going to go with Mike Miles at TCU, a three-level scorer. Got game. Got game, right? Number four is going to shake some shake the room up a little bit. I'm going to go with Isaiah Wong and Mike. Really? And I, yeah. Why is because I feel like last year Miami made the Elite Eight. He was a really consistent player, but this year is going to take over. He came back. He could have went to the NBA, but he came back, and I think this is the year where he showed scouts he's a three-level scorer as well. So I'm going to take Isaiah Wong. He's been playing well the first two games. I mean, the first game or whatever, but I think this is the year where he takes over that leadership leadership role and he really makes his impact to be a better professional player. So I'm going to go Isaiah Wong at four. Right? And number five, I'm going to go with my man Tiger Campbell from UCLA. A three-to-one assist to turnover ratio, the most Mr. Reliable out of all the point guards I just named. Oh, guards, he's the most... And I just saw him watching that right now. He's the most reliable for me. He's going. He's going to do the right thing. He's going to get the guys the right shots. And he's a great backup point guard. His best, and I love that. I'll tell you what. That there's not many. There's not much contention to what you just brought up. I mean, we can go where you go, Coach. Anywhere. What you say, Coach? And did I? I don't know. I, I was impressed with Kassan Wallace for freshman. <laughs> Nick Smith and, and I, we recruited Nick. I actually got to know him, you know, pretty well. Good really good. Play, really you know? good. But you got to still do it once the game. Yeah, you got to do it. Um, right. You know, you're leaving off Adam Flagler. Yes. You know, Baylor, who's we recruited Adam. Ah. So maybe maybe I'm partial to the guys I've been on the phone with and been. been <laughs> but that, and again, you know, I. Yeah, I put Isaiah right. Wong for that. But like, he's my You also leave out RJ Davis and Caleb Love. Yep. Caleb again for me. He has this. Yeah, I like both of those guys. Sometimes it's hard to choose between them. Right. True. Um, but to me, the most most important one was Marcus Taylor. Honestly. Uh, yeah, he's I think that's like for me. Again, I've seen him up close and personal and we had we had no answers. So <laughs> I'm partial to it. Um, you know, uh, but Caleb Daniels is in there. Just, just the way he stepped out in the first game of the year. I, not, you know, I like that. I like that. List, but the group that stands out, um, but that's a, um, you know, he's one of the guys that stood out right out of the gates. And so, you know, those guys, as Tyrese Hunter. Mm. Now, I mean, if you watched him as a freshman at Iowa State and how he led that group and yes. came out of the gates down at, at Texas, had a good game to start the year, uh, but he's just got the it factor. Like, big shot to take, yeah. gonna take it, probably going to make it, doesn't flinch. Um, so, you know, I don't know if that's a five, but there's some guys, that, they, they got some arguments to be in that group. <laughs> right. I got to tell you. Again, Coach. I had to narrow it. I was trying to pick. Yeah, it's hard. Like, it's hard. yeah, it's very hard. Like everybody is different in their own life. But uh, the one who impressed me the most, like I said, was the, the guard from Houston. Like in his exactly. last, in his first game, he had twenty one points in twenty eight minutes. Only with John He's twenty one points in twenty eight minutes. It was so it was effortless. He showed that he like and he, he actually is here. Yeah, he got fifty. He can shoot the three with with ease. I mean, right. play role, make it. Yeah, he's got. He's got it. Look, right. uh, what was a common theme there? A bunch of Big Twelve too, and that just sums right. up what that player of the year race is going to be in that league potentially. Because you think about Tyree Sunner, you think about right. Adam Flagler and L.J. Cryer. Mike Miles is there too, and, and the list goes on and on. And I'll tell you why. You brought up Tiger Campbell. Great pull scoop on your list. Amari Bailey. Amari Bailey looks like he is going to be a scary, scary level freshman. Mick yes. Cronin. Mick Cronin has a legit national title contender out in L.A. with Hame Hockey. But it's all in Tyler's hands. In Tiger Campbell. It's in his hands. Like he throws the game. Like he, It's not going to stand out in the same way as Sasser, but 
what Tiger does for his team. Yes. Scoop, Scoop, you got to be a point guard to understand. It's Mr. Reliable. (laughs) I was that guy. So I put him as my number five, but he's like number one to me because he's that important. You know? Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you something, Laval. You just said it best to cap the show. You got to be a point guard to understand. The only thing that I'm a point guard on is that 4 a.m. marathon game. <laughs> I'll get I'll get a bag of popcorn going, and I'll champion that as part of the marathon. If you learned anything yeah. for that, if you need a point guard for that effort, you want it. I'm on it. You. I'm on it. When it hey, comes to the top Dom, of, you didn't say anything about Darius McGee, my my guy, Coach Richie McKay down there as a player at Liberty. Darius McGee. Oh, I. Down at Liberty. He's big time. Was the the leading scorer two years ago in college basketball and back for another season. Liberty is a dangerous, dangerous team. So he's another one there. There's plenty of – look, in the year of the big, as we say at the Almanac and at the field of 68, the guard play is going to keep coming and coming on and and, and hit that button that Terrence Oglesby loves to push. Point guard play, how much it matters. That's why Tiger Campbell – that's why Mike Miles, that's why you brought up Isaiah Wong, like all those guys here uh, are on there. But we've run out of time. It's it's after midnight. Another edition of Field of 68 After Dark in the book. Scoop's got his arms up. Did, did I miss something? I have something? one. I have one, yes. I like Michigan State over Gonzaga. A.J. Gohart, Hogart, by the way, by the way. I just was on the phone with him. He told me personally they're going to beat them. So I need Whoa! to say that. I was just on FaceTime with AJ Hogarth, who says, Scoop, I'm about to put on a show. My- Coach, I had to say it. Like, he told me this. Like, he told me to put it on the show. They're going to upset him. If it's an upset, because it is a what? Uh, it would be an upset, and Scoop Jardine <laughs> just dropped a bomb. Just dropped AJ, a bomb. My guy AJ told me to post it, tell you guys it's happening. Okay, Scoop Jardine has been told by A.J. Hogarth that Michigan State's going to pull it off over That's Gonzaga. what he told me. That's what he told me. He actually wanted me to come, but I thought I couldn't be there. I'm coaching myself, but they're going to pull it out. <laughs> that game is Friday on the aircraft carrier in San Diego. All yeah. right. Yeah. Well, Scoop Jardine, that. that's, how you, that's how you close with a bang. That's Laval. I'm, I see you smiling. <laughs> I was thinking just – Put scoop on and have him make predictions to open the college basketball season. Please, <laughs> and everybody will watch. Those, everybody will watch. No, AJ told me this on, on Clubhouse. He said, "Scoop, we're going to win." We hold on, man. He said, "We're going to win." All I'll say so. is, Tom Izzo is sleeping peacefully at the moment. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he doesn't check Twitter in the morning. That being said, I like the confidence factor. Michigan State over Gonzaga. Per A.J. Hogarth to Scoop Jardine, he's there you go. He's Laval Jordan. I'm John Fanta, and this is why you got to watch the Field of 68.